0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: Hi, Bills fans. Welcome to a special episode of the Mafia Mavens podcast a Buffalo Bills podcast from a female perspective. I'm your host, Danielle, and unfortunately, Robin, my co-host, couldn't join us today. However, for the very first time in Mafia Maven's history, we have a very special guest. Her name is Frances Rymers. Her Twitter handle is at yourfirestarter. She's a publicist for athletes and coaches and our very own John Feliciano. Francis, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining our show. We're very excited to have you for a multitude of reasons. Let's dive right in and have a good discussion about what a publicist does and Feliciano and other things. Absolutely. So first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do. Yeah, I am the founder and CEO of a company called Firestarter.
2: We'll actually be celebrating our fourth anniversary on November the 7th. So that's very exciting. But every day, thank you. um, Every day I work with athletes and coaches, as you alluded to, also sports administrators and teams as a whole to help athletes create, manage, grow, grow and protect their personal brand through
1: marketing and public relations efforts. That's great. And how long have you been doing this?
2: So I've owned my company, um, as I said, uh, almost four years now, but I've been in marketing public relations and events for almost 20 years. Um, I started off in the nonprofit sector, worked all around the globe, Russia, Ukraine. Ghana, Brazil, and then moved over to the actual agency side, and really cut my teeth in building national and international awareness campaigns for companies, nonprofits, sports teams, etc. And quickly rose through the ranks um, in the agency sector. and And one day I was like, "Where's Where's my career going here?" And I went to my CEO, and I was like can I have your job anytime soon? And he said, no, not so much, I'm not going anywhere. So I said, okay, I think now here's the time when I need to strike out on my own. And so I launched my firm. And when deciding what vertical audience I wanted to serve uh, with my firm, I felt athletes and coaches were the way to go. I was really seeing a disconnect in the marketplace regarding athletes and coaches many agencies or or sporting agencies were calling themselves full service agencies where they were offering marketing and PR and and these kinds of services but when i dug deep i realized and found that most of the people they had on staff had no public relations background had no marketing background and and really what they were doing for players was just getting them endorsement opportunities Um, But that doesn't help the athlete in the long run. That doesn't elongate their, their legacy or prolong their legacy. And so I opened my firm with the specific intent of working with athletes. And I work with athletes from junior high all the way up to retired professionals. I help them take the visibility that they have and make the most of it with a strategic look at everything they possibly touch. Um, It's not just social media, it's their social, it's earned media through public relations. It's their assets that they own, like their websites or any presentations that they give. Maybe they want to add on a for-profit business or a foundation. I help them use all of those pieces in concert to help elongate their visibility and ultimately elongate their income streams to help them long after their time as a professional player is done.
1: That is very, very cool. Um, You know, as a social media manager of a sports website, a Bills website, that is just something that's super interesting to me. So I'm really glad, like I said before, that you're on the show because I love being able to talk to you about this. I do have an important question for myself and from Robin as well. We want to know, what is it like being a woman working in the sports world? Obviously, I have a little insight into that, but you have, you know, much, much greater insight to a much larger extent than I do. So tell me about it a little bit. It's first and foremost, it's a lot of fun.
2: I wake up every day super excited to do my job. Because working in sports, being an insider with players and teams affords, uh, you know, certain, certain trappings that if, you know, you did marketing for a nonprofit, you wouldn't get those experiences per se. The overarching statement is that it's a lot of fun working in sports and it's a lot of fun being a female leader in the sports industry, uh, but it comes with its own unique set of challenges The industry as a whole hasn't completely had its Me Too movement. We've definitely seen women start to get their seat at the table and women start to receive the um, accolades for for their contributions that have been long overdue, but there's still challenges. There's still challenges of being heard, being seen, being taken seriously, people acting appropriately around you, whether it's online or in person. And there's unique challenges of being a female in this space that I definitely know my male counterparts do not deal with. Many times I have to feel a potential client out to see if they actually want to do business and if they're not using business as a way to have a relationship with me, uh, which happens a lot. I get contacted a lot by Current and former athletes that you have to walk through the conversation a little, little deeper than probably my male counterparts have to, to see if they're actually interested in doing business and not trying to do other kinds of business. Um, that that is always a challenge. Additionally, not only do I have to be accepted by the athlete themselves, but their significant other has to be comfortable with me in their space. All of my clients, I'm talking to them via DM or text message at all hours of the night and day, any day of the week, if there's something going on where I I need to communicate with them. So their significant other really whether that's their wife, their girlfriend, the mother of their children, their sister, their aunt, their mom, whoever that person is, that that female in their life that is helping them run their career, run their affairs. Not only do I have to be accepted by the um, athlete, I have to be accepted by their significant other too. And I know for a fact, my male counterparts do not have to jump through through that hoop that's not something they deal with and then for all women working in sports there's a very challenging double standard in terms of our looks our weight how we talk how we behave how we present ourselves you know we we need to keep ourselves up we need to look good i'm i'm the first person That will tell you that I'm at the gym every day, not because I enjoy going to the gym, but, um, (laughs) you know, it's whether you want to, if you like it or not, um, this is a superficial business and um, we women are not afforded the ability to have a dad bod or, you know, not be so fashionable or keep ourselves up and have a job as women in this industry, if you're selling yourself to get new clients, to get new business through the door, you have to keep yourself up. You have to look good. You know, you have to dress the part, look the part, be the part all around. And that is not something that my male counterparts have to fixate on as much. Now, do I know men who work as as publicists or agents or financial planners that really take care of themselves, really stay on top of fashion. They walk the walk and talk the talk. Absolutely, there's lots of them. But we as women in this industry, it's a must do. Um, you really can't let yourself go and expect you know, to get new clients in the door. Your current clients might stick around because they know that you're awesome and that you can do the job. But for business development purposes, whether... People like it or not, uh, looks are part of the game. And, and so that's that's an extra layer of challenge that exists in this industry, whether people want to acknowledge it or not. But if you hit it right, um, if you get the right clients behind you and the right work underneath your belt, you do have a smoother road as a woman, the more solid relationships that you can build with men who you know I call evangelists men that <laughs> they they know the quality of your work they believe in what you're trying to do. That helps, uh, but there are several very obvious and very well known hurdles for women in in the industry and and we've heard story after story with, you know whether it's female reporters or female leadership in the front office of teams or. People like myself, there are men who have been outspoken that they do not want us here, that they think we're a distraction and not a contributor. Luckily, those dinosaurs are starting to slowly weed themselves out, uh, but they still exist. And that is a challenge that we face. And so these are things that I deal with, maybe not every day, thank goodness, uh, but they do exist. And so those are just a few, but it's becoming... The sports industry is becoming a more welcoming environment and it's becoming a more welcoming environment because more women uh, like you ladies with this podcast, with female ownership like we have in Buffalo, more women are pushing themselves to the front of the line, making themselves more visible, inserting themselves in the conversation. And so I think even three, five years from now, this conversation topic is going to be much more evolved and and it's going to be much more of a welcoming environment for, for all of us women at the table.
1: Well, I certainly hope so. The more you talk about women getting involved in sports marketing and just sports in general, all, all different kinds of aspects of sports is such a wonderful thing for me and obviously for my co-host Robin. And it actually kind of leads into my next question. Can you talk a little bit about sports marketing, and how it relates to female fans in the NFL. Yeah,
2: um, this is a really fun topic uh, because the numbers show that the female fan base in the NFL keeps growing and growing at very large numbers. That presents a lot of fun and unique new marketing challenges to teams, to the league, to individual players themselves as they create their brand because you know while we women also enjoy touchdowns and tackles and interceptions and all of that information we are also interested in the larger story for the team for these players and it's women that are largely driving the interest in what we call athlete driven content so When you see sites like, you know, the Players' Tribune or other other platforms like that, that are telling the the off-the-court, off-the-field, in-depth stories about what athletes are doing behind the scene, that's largely driven by the female sector. We naturally, uh, you know, we want the story. We want to know the person behind the person. Um, Our psychology wants that. Our sociology wants that. And the more of the story that we can learn about the person, the numbers show that women gravitate towards people who are willing to open themselves up to sharing that story, um, that have an interesting story to share, that are willing and, and able to be vulnerable in that sense. Women are flocking in the direction of those particular teams and athletes who are willing to go there. And so this athlete-driven content where we're seeing a day in the life and who they are uh, without their helmet on is because of women. Women are pushing those storylines. They really want to know who these people are, what they're about, where they're from, who they're married to, what their kids are like. Women are, are truly driving that content. Women are driving apparel sales. It's no coincidence that you see like the NFL and even the NBA and and other other leagues really starting to flesh out um, apparel lines like they've never before you know 10 years ago it was a jersey and a t-shirt and it was usually in men's sizes only depending on on what it was now my gosh you can you can get tank tops you can get you know tube tops I mean it's everything under the sun and that is driven by women, uh, female engagement on social media. It, you know, it's split predominantly down the middle, but women have the upper hand in terms of, of social media engagement for most teams and, and most individual, you know, marquee players. Um, women are driving a lot of, of that engagement too. And so you can't deny the, the female power, the power of the female dollar, in sports. And and so a lot of the changes that you're seeing um, over the years, support of breast cancer research, expanded apparel lines, um, you know, interest in nonprofit endeavors. This is all female-driven um, because this is what female fans are interested in. They want to know it. They want to see it. And the men are following. Women have been driving this, but men are really enjoying this expansion of of story and offerings too. But that female marketing dollar is powerful and teams and the league as a whole and, and other leagues like the, the NBA especially have taken notice of this and to deny it, to ignore it, to try to skip over it for any person is absolutely foolish. Doubling down on catering to that audience group is extremely important and more important than ever you know women are growing their marketing prowess in sports is growing but we're also seeing potentially a rough patch ahead in sports um, depending on the sport Uh, we're seeing a decline amongst gen z in terms of their interest in sports Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, all of them are seeing a decline amongst that generation. And so being able to engage that group, whether it's male or female, is going to become the next, I would say, huge marketing challenge that every all of us, whether you're the league, the team, individual publicists like myself, engaging this demographic and keeping them engaged for. Uh, through the duration of their buying years um is is going to be a challenge. But getting in with women, especially millennial and Gen Z women and getting them engaged is is part of the challenge that we're all facing um, because that going back to that female marketing dollar being just so strong.
1: So the future the future is female when it comes to sports for sure. That's interesting. And that's pretty cool to hear. I love hearing your perspective on it because of what you do. And I think that's great. I mean, I have so many friends, you know, now that are interested in sports and some, you know, especially females that weren't interested before and now they're interested in it's like they're hardcore fans. And, you know, a lot of women too, I noticed that when we become interested in something, we kind of absorb ourselves in it. So we really get to know, like you said, it's not just about the stats or, you know, for us, like we always say, we're not just an X's and O's podcast. We like to dive into the psychology and the mental aspects behind players and who they are as people and, you know, things like that. So this is just such an interesting side for us to be able to hear. And I'm sure for our listeners as well. I just um, sent a proposal.
2: Today to a MLB player who has more followers than you and I could ever dream of having um, on on any platform. But he is now in that window in his career where he's tapped in terms of how many baseball followers he's going to get. He's tapped. Every person who knows his name, who loves baseball, follows him. But he's smart enough to realize that in order to grow and to get the kind of endorsements that he's really looking for, he has to be able to show companies, organizations, that he can attract people who could care less about baseball. And so the work that he's interested in in doing with me is learning how to tap in to Fashion, lifestyle, you know, he's really big into cars. Um, he's really big into social causes that are targeted at underserved youth. If he's able to engage with those audiences, they'll come over and follow him on his platforms. They could care less about baseball, but they have that shared experience with him around his love of fashion, his love of fine automobiles. And That's what athletes have to understand is when it's one thing to attract people that love the Bills or love football, um, or maybe they really loved you when you played at the collegiate level and have stuck with you. It's a whole other level of influencer to attract people that could care less about the sport you play and actually follow you because you share a love of cooking or international travel or social justice. That's the next level of visibility for these guys. And when a player realizes that, um, that's really when they tap in to their brand strength. Um, And so bringing in those outside, I call them honey pots, bringing in those new honey pots of, of followers, that's next level stuff. And that's where a lot of athletes um, leave money on the table because they they just post their stuff on game day and they interact with fans on game day. And for them, that's good enough. They're like, you know, I have 15,000 followers on Instagram. I post stuff on game day. I'm good. And what, you know, I preach constantly. I'm like, oh my gosh, you are leaving so much, so, so much on, on the table by just doing that. You have to tap into your other honey pots. And so any athlete that acknowledges that and works on that are gonna see a huge increase and, and going back to that female marketing dollar, that's where a lot of those new female followers come in is when they tap in to these other honey pots that they could and bring them over because. You know, a lot of women don't watch baseball. They don't watch basketball or, you know, hockey, for example, but they may really love that you're into like this, that a player is really into interior decorating Um, and they can have that shared experience. But so many athletes leave money on the table because they don't want to tap into those external audiences.
1: I can absolutely see where that would be huge because especially women, we want to see that human side to players and know that they're into other things other than just sports which brings me to my next question and I'm sure this is what a lot of Bills fans are waiting for what is it like working with John Feliciano because he seems like such a really cool guy I
2: love working with John um we've worked together um a little over a year now or a year and a half actually now and it's been so much fun um, he is incredibly intelligent he's incredibly in tune to who he is he's very in tune to his limitations as a person as an athlete and that level of self-awareness is great it's great to work with He knows who he is and he knows where he wants to go and that makes my job so much easier but he's he's kind and thoughtful and is a great client. We stay in pretty regular communication, which makes my job so much easier. But that passion and that drive that that everybody sees on the field, that definitely carries over into his personal life. He's an extremely dedicated husband and father and friend and family member. That authenticity that people see on the field of his dedication to his fellow linemen, his dedication to, you know, and mutual admiration with Josh, that's all real. That's who he is on the field and and off the field. He's an incredibly loyal person. Um, he does not forget where he came from. Uh, he, as much as possible, tries to bring a, as many people along for the ride as he can. He's incredibly generous um, and so he's, you know, what you see with John is absolutely what you get. He is funny and sometimes inappropriate in a, in a funny and engaging um, sort of way. But he's a great client because he'll listen to any idea. Uh, he He's open to whatever ideas I put in front of him. But he's strong enough in himself and he's, you know, confident enough in himself that if he's not feeling it, you know, he turns it down or, you know, if he'd like to tweak it, we talk about it. And so he's great. And and the wonderful thing about John um, as a client is he roots for me as much as I root for him. It is definitely not, I work for him and, you know, the transaction ends. It is a team atmosphere, uh, even, even with me as his publicist. He roots for my success and my bringing on new clients or getting new opportunities as much as I root for him and and his success. So he is absolutely what everybody sees and is deeply in love with football and has really enjoyed his time in Buffalo. And so he's, he's, I wish I had like 80 more of him. He's, he's a great client, but he's as authentic as they come. There's no he's one person in in public and and another person in private. He is 110 percent that person that you see on the field in the locker room in the interviews. And I think in today's environment that is so refreshing that what you see is exactly what you get. There's no hidden agenda with that guy. He really truly just wants to get out there every day and and play uh, to the best of his ability for as long as his body will allow him and and has the same passion for the game that he had when he was a freshman in college. Um, that has never waned. I
1: think this Sunday we we got a nice reminder of all of that. Did you watch the game? And if so, what did you think about his amazing performance?
2: I'm a, I'm a little a little bit like a, a nervous parent. And so all my clients not just John all my clients i watch the game in bits and pieces because i you know i just i just want everything to be perfect for them always and for them to have you know super bowl caliber performances every game and so i didn't have it on the tv because i'm located in in washington dc and it wasn't on here and so i watched bits and pieces of it via twitter but the pieces that i was able to see I was ready for it. This was the performance I was expecting from him. He has literally been like a, a caged tiger for weeks now. Um, and <laughs> was ready to get out there and, and dominate. And boy, did he. And everything from just, you know, skill stuff on the line to, you know, picking up guys and trying to push them into the push him into the end zone, that to me was what I've been waiting weeks and weeks to see, and I know Bills fans everywhere were absolutely squealing with delight because I could see it on, on Twitter of this return. But that's who he is. You know, a lot of people that weren't aware of John when he was with the Raiders, he played behind two pro bowl people. And so he didn't really get the spotlight as much, you know, as he has here in Buffalo. And so he's kind of been a hidden gem all of these years, but he really shined yesterday. And I couldn't have been happier for him for, to have this kind of return, just seeing the Twitter traffic last night into this morning, DMs that I got personally from reporters and fans um, both on Twitter and Instagram about his performance. This is the kind of stuff that I expect from him. And I'm super thrilled that he is getting the attention that that he is due. And Bobby Johnson was part of the uh, decision to bring John over from the Raiders. And I'm so glad that he did because he's finally in a position that really allows him to shine. And he stepped up to the plate this Sunday. So I think universally all across Bill's mafia, we're we're very happy to have him back.
1: Oh, yeah, we were absolutely thrilled. And I feel like it went from, you know, when the Bills signed him, it was kind of like, not trying to downplay the position, because I think the offensive line is one of my favorite units. But it was kind of like, okay, we signed an offensive lineman, you know, he's maybe he's average and not like a flashy kind of signing to now where John Feliciano is like the talk of the team and all the fans were just like, we can't wait to get Feliciano back. We can't wait to get him back. And then he comes back and almost immediately has to go play center for Mitch Morse and does just a fantastic job. And like you said, he's just, he throws guys around on the field and he's just amazing at what he does. He brings a ferocity to that line and it's, it's amazing. So I think that he just is, he's, he's like a star, you know? And I think you're right. I think he's really shining with the bills. And I'm so happy for that because we needed what he brought and it's just, you know, it's a perfect match. It's not just a
2: position match. And John has shown all last year and this weekend too, that he's able to, move about on the line which is again another thing about him that should be applauded more um, that he is is so versatile but his personality is also you know in terms of a cultural fit he, it's a win there too and a lot of people don't understand that with the offensive line it's not only skill but personality too um it's a win-win with him and um, I'm just so glad that people are are finally taking notice and giving him the the accolades that he's worked so hard throughout his six-year career to get to, because it's certainly deserved.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that he's able to shine with the Bills. So we see what he can do on the field, but can you talk a little bit and give us a little insight as to what he's doing off of the field?
2: Yeah, so uh, John's got a lot of Irons in the fire, little uh, things that we're testing and trying to build on. Um, I'm sure a lot of Bills fans saw that at the beginning of COVID, John immediately wanted to step in and help in his own community. As many Bills fans know, John was raised in Davie, Florida, and he and his wife and children have a home in the area that they run back to as soon as, the, um, as soon as the season is over, mostly just to thaw out after being in Buffalo during the winter. Um, and so the Davy community um, and the surrounding areas there in Florida are extremely near and dear to his heart. And when COVID first became part of our lives in, in March and April, John immediately was, uh, wanted to spring into action and help any way he could. And I was hot on the phone. He was hot on the phone trying to figure out where his, his money and his visibility could have the most impact. Um, And so we made donations or he made donations to Meals on Wheels, South Florida and Feeding South Florida. And through his donations, we were able to provide more than 70,000 meals to families, the elderly, uh, people without access to food resources, uh, we were able to get to them and and provide them with meals and 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 to keep sustain themselves. Um, and so that was a, a tremendous effort on his part and a tremendous showing showing of generosity. But John, you know, being of Puerto Rican descent, is also very involved and very engaged in helping other Latino youth uh, achieve whatever it is that they are destined to become. And so John has donated to um, Latinos for Action, which is an organization that helps high school age youth achieve to whatever it is they aspire to be. Um, He made a very sizable donation to them. He also recently had uh, a streaming event on Twitch, which we received a little over $3,500 in donations. And that was uh, given to another Latino Hispanic Scholarship Foundation, uh, which obviously provides higher education opportunities for Latinos. So he was very active in that and being involved in organizations that allow Latinos to achieve their best self or their, their highest level of education. He's extremely involved in that. And then, of course, John loves gaming. Gaming is a huge passion uh, for him playing video games, but also people don't know that when John was growing up, uh, designing video games was also a huge interest of of his. And so we're always looking for ways to get John more ingrained in the the gaming community, um, both from a playing perspective and also from a writing-designing perspective teaching young people that that is a career field that is possible to you if you want to go into that. But also gaming is such a booming industry in of itself. And so, you know, John and I are always on the lookout for ways to um, expand his brand, whether it's being part of a gaming team or sponsorship opportunities that come through there. You know, we're always on the lookout. Uh, John is also a huge cook Um, he posts his culinary delights, um, every once in a while you can see them, but any chance where he can share his, his recipes or his concoctions, um, he actually takes recipes that he sees and alters them and turns them into, to have a little more, you know, John Feliciano flair to them. So that's, that's a passion of his that, that is more in the off season where he has a little bit more time. Uh, but John is a writer, you know, he's very involved with writing and poetry and, and has written stuff in the past and would like to re-engage in that in the future. And so just, I tell people all the time that, you know, John is an, is an onion of a human being if there ever was one. Um, he loves music. He, you know, can go on and on and on about all different kinds of music. His tattoos and the various amounts of body art um, that he has, a story was written on him not too long ago about all of his body art, what it means, what it is, um, and the fact that his tattoo artist down in Miami has been the guy doing his tattoos since he was uh, in college at, at the U down there in Miami, and what a great story their relationship is and has developed over the years um he just john just has so much stuff and and so many layers to him that and we he's been open and we've been able to pursue a lot of those different creative avenues um a lot of bills fans may not be aware but john acted in a show pilot in the off season he wanted to try his chops huh at acting and did a phenomenal job it was actually a pilot for a show and it was shot in buffalo so in the off season right before right before covid we were in buffalo shoot on location shooting and he did phenomenal he actually is a pretty pretty good actor um and and uh so that was a fun experience for him and something that we may engage with again again down the line but He's just such a diverse and versatile person that we've been able to go down so many different creative roads, and it really has been a lot of fun.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's s y l v a n 29.com.
1: It sure sounds like it. He sounds like such a deep person and he's such a big personality and I've seen you know, the video game stuff, because I actually like video games too. And I'm not brave enough to join, you know, one of my favorite athletes in their sessions because I'm like, oh, I'm going to do bad and I don't want to be embarrassed. But I'm always following the different gaming things that he's doing and the food. I've been dieting and losing weight since July and like his posts have not helped because they just look so delicious all the time. And I get hungry. So I've <laughs> definitely seen different aspects of him like that. And it's just, that's, you know, another reason why I wanted to have you on because like you said, it it's, it does seem like he's an onion. There's so many different layers to peel back and so many things that he's interested in. And he sounds like the dream client, which is something that I kind of want to talk to you about. In your opinion, what do you think that all players should be doing off the field? Uh,
2: and uh, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of opinion <laughs> on this. Um, <laughs> I, um, I mean, this is, this is going to become a real soapbox moment for me. There, there's The biggest thing a lot of players should be doing is realizing that whether they're on the practice squad or they're Josh Allen, they all have a unique story to tell. Every single guy on the Bills roster has a unique story, and they should be telling it because their window of time as a professional football player is very small. It seems long, and I wish them the longest careers that their bodies will allow. But the reality is it's not going to be as long as they hope. Most athletes don't get to decide when their career ends it's decided for them through Mm -hmm. injury or they they get dropped and they don't get picked up and um and then it's then it's over Um, for most most athletes they don't get the Peyton Manning or Dwayne Wade retirement tour where they get to go around from city you know they, Mm -hmm. they get to announce their retirement and go from city to city tipping their hats at crowds, shaking hands, and kissing babies. That's just not the reality for most players. Most players, the reality is they were playing on Sunday and they got hurt, and by Monday, it's done. My hope is for most players, all players, whether it's a male player or a female athlete, that they do everything they possibly can While they're in the spotlight, to capitalize on being in the spotlight, use every single ounce of visibility that they can possibly get so that when their playing days are over, that when they want to move on to something else, whether they want to become a dentist or A business owner or they want to start a foundation or they want to coach, whatever comes next for them, I cannot stress enough that the more you keep yourself in the spotlight while you're playing and the more you capitalize on your visibility while you're playing, that post career becomes so much easier to acquire. Some of the most awkward conversations I've ever been a part of as a publicist is when I'm hired by a retired athlete and they want to do something and they still think they're as popular now as they were when they were playing. And nothing mm-hmm. is more heartbreaking for as a publicist when you have to politely let that person know that they're not as popular as they used to be, that their name doesn't open doors as fast as it did when they were playing and you know the reality the harsh reality is this god forbid if something ever happened to Josh's career Josh Allen's career and he was done tomorrow or next week he's going to do okay <laughs> he's got the he's <laughs> got the numbers and the visibility i mean for Pete's sake there's a big You know, his face is right there in the airport when you arrive in Buffalo. Um, Josh is going to do okay and great. He deserves it. But there are guys sitting on the Bills roster right now who are playing great. They're playing their heart out week after week. But when their playing days are done, most people, especially once they leave the Buffalo area, are going to be like, who? Who is that? And you're going to have to remind people. And and my whole reason for existing, the whole reason for my business existing is to make sure that whether you're a guy on the practice squad or you're actively playing every Sunday, my hope and my efforts for you are to make sure that when I say your name, people don't say who, when did he play, what position did he play? Um, And that is a very, very difficult conversation to have with players because they're in the thick of their gladiating days and they think their gladiating days are going to last forever. And they don't even want to bring that thought into their mind that their gladiating days are eventually going to come to an end. And so I'm a little bit of a Debbie Downer to them by saying, hey you know what, we really need to get you involved in gaming or let people know that you're a great writer or start, you know, doing a camp in the off season for you so that when your playing days are done and you want to go become a coach, you already have that coach acumen under your belt and, and you already have a resume ready to go beyond that you were a player you are a player and a businessman a player and a philanthropist a player and an educator and that's really what i try to educate i think when people look at a lot of my social media whether it be twitter or especially my instagram that's what i'm constantly trying to drive home to these to these young men is you need to be a football player and And it's great to be a football player and a husband, a football player and a father. Those are amazing. But we need you to be a football player and a businessman, a football player and a philanthropist, a football player and an educator. Whichever way you want to go, we need to start building your brand also in in that direction. And that's a really, really hard conversation um, to have. And a lot of players look at what i do for john and 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 other players on other teams and they're like ooh is that expensive you know i got to you know try to keep as much money that i'm earning as possible you know what's the what's the return on investment and and that's always a conversation i'm willing to have if they want to have it i'm happy to walk them through What that financial obligation will look like, because a lot of them are like, oh, you know, why would I pay this woman when my brother can manage my Instagram account for me? He's good on Instagram where they, you know, nothing, nothing against the brother. uh, But I've been doing this for 20 years. And so you might want to you might want to listen to at least a little of what I have to say. But that's a tough conversation as well. You know, a lot of players, it's a loyalty thing and an inner circle. Thing. They like to have family and friends and people who they've known and trust a long time to manage these things. Because one, it's a lot less expensive than, than me. And two, they know and trust these people. Uh, but my message point to that is, you know, give the outside lady a shot. You know, I might have something to, to add there that your brother or your mom or, you know, your, your best friend from high school probably can't add to the conversation. Um, and there's ways to make it affordable and definitely the, the ROI, it can easily found, but there's so much money that these young men are leaving on the table. Um, I had a conversation not too long ago with a young man who plays for the Cleveland Browns and he follows me on, on all my social media. He sat through, um, a brand training that I gave in the off season. And he was like, I would love to work with you. He's like, I just, there's nothing about me that's interesting. And so I, Uh I'm just not going to do anything. And I was literally sitting on the other end of the phone, like tearing my hair out because I'm like, that's not true. It's not true. Mm -hmm. There is something interesting about you. There is an audience for you outside of football. We just need to tap into it. You know, ultimately, it's it, it's his choice. But I definitely was sitting there like, no, you're such an interesting person. You really do have an audience. Um, the one thing that John always says to people when when they ask him directly about working with me and why he made that decision to do that after being in the league for several years, he's like, I wish I would have done this years ago is the common thing that he says, you know, he's really kicking himself that he didn't find a me a long time ago, you know, that he let four, four years of his playing career go by without having somebody in the background lobbying on his behalf, lobbying with the press, lobbying with companies and nonprofits to work with him. Um, And he definitely realizes that he left a lot of money on the table when he was out in Oakland by not engaging and building his brand off the field. And now we're we're really trying to make up for lost time, which we're absolutely doing, but his advice always to younger guys, other guys on the team is do something, you know, if you don't want to work with Francis, okay, that's, that's totally your, your call, but do something. Don't just do nothing. Don't just post pictures on game day and think that that's going to sustain your brand all the way through. You know, I work with the Rams' Aaron Donald on his foundation, and even Aaron, who probably is one of the most recognizable names and faces in the NFL today, Aaron doesn't just post pictures on game day and call it good. You know, he developed this foundation. We have an apparel line. He talks about, you know, issues that are important to him, like voting and Uh, working with underserved youth and with all of his various endorsements. Um, He's truly someone that could probably just post on game day and call it good. But even he recognizes that that is not enough to sustain him past his playing days. And so, you know, I say to a lot of guys, if Aaron Donald is doing it, (laughs) and a lot more people know who he is than most guys who play in the NFL, if Aaron Donald is doing it, what, what excuse do you have for me? I just wish a lot of guys would really tap into that because every single guy on the roster has a story. If I can get an offensive lineman to get endorsement deals and get stories written about him in the offseason, then any position on the team can certainly get, get that visibility. I mean, if you're a wide receiver, if you're a running back, Those are the flashy positions where people do pay attention. Offensive linemen are often forgotten about until they do something wrong. Then everybody, you know, suddenly knows who they are. So if I can get visibility for an offensive lineman, then, you know, what's the excuse for the, you know, the flashier positions on the team where people are already paying attention to what you do? Every single guy. And the coaches, too, preach this gospel to to many a coach on on the team as well is your time as a coach is very limited most coaches outside of the you know the head coach offensive and defensive coordinator are you know a little in the background but coaches too have a story and have interesting things to contribute i tell bobby johnson all the time i'm like you do so many awesome things off the field that that people really don't know about um you know he's a prolific wine collector he's an amazing cook a lot of people don't know this and and so he has you know he has a great story just of his journey throughout the nfl is is interesting in a in of itself and so they need visibility too and so as much as i harp on the players the coaches and and front office personnel they'll they should be building their brands too
1: Absolutely. And I think it just boils down to, we all have stories to tell. So I see that you went to the University of Wyoming and my co-host Robin actually lives in Wyoming. So she got to see a lot of Josh Allen before he came to the Bills. And she's just been in love with him since the start. What I want to know from you is what has his success meant for the university?
2: Yeah, Josh has brought so much to the University of Wyoming. Um, His catapult onto the national stage when being drafted by the Bills really brought a spotlight to UW athletics that was really well-timed. And as not only a Wyomingite being born and raised in Wyoming and being around University of Wyoming athletics my entire life, but also as an alum. The visibility and the um, interest in the University of Wyoming that that Josh has brought has been phenomenal. And when you walk into the new University of Wyoming athletics facilities, there's this gigantic mural of Josh. Like the second you walk in, so when I'm I'm on campus um, engaging with my UW contacts and friends. I can't get away from the Bills. I walk in the door and there's this gigantic picture of, of Josh, uh, but it's just brought such a great spotlight. I mean, Wyoming over the years has always produced um, a fair share of, of underdog NFL talents that really have had long and successful careers kind of under the radar in the NFL, but Josh was really kind of the the program's first Super mega star, and anytime people hear that I was at the University of Wyoming, they always want to know if I was there at the same time as Josh. And you know, bless their hearts for thinking that we are of the same age. I was I was at the University of Wyoming about a decade, uh, a little over a decade more uh, uh, than Josh. So I didn't get to see him as a student, but I absolutely got to see him play. As a fan, and I can tell you as a fan in the stadium when he was playing, um, it was electric. We knew as fans that he was going to go somewhere. Obviously, we didn't know where, but we knew we were watching talent grow and develop right before our very eyes. And and seeing Josh get picked up by Buffalo was just, it was kismet, right? Like the personality for the geographies the fan bases i don't think there could have been a better marriage of of wyoming fans and buffalo fans they're they're kind of one and the same <laughs> you know we like we like the same things we're mm-hmm. the same kind of people um and so for for josh to go from laramie to buffalo i think it was just it couldn't have been scripted literally any better and and the visibility that he's brought to the university and, and how his success has helped with fundraising and recruitment and just overall excitement around University of Wyoming football has really, from both a fan and an alum perspective, has really uh, been a lot of fun to watch. But when John came to Buffalo, uh, of course, everybody and their mom, who I know, was like, Oh my God. Do you get to meet Josh Allen? Do you get to hang out with Josh Allen? And for the record, I have never hung out with Josh Allen. Um, The closest that we've been in proximity to one another is in the same stadium. So uh, no, I have not uh, had the, had the pleasure, but he was kind enough to sign a cleat for my nephew uh, last year for Christmas. So that was quite the envy of literally everybody I know, um, People actually just wanted to see the cleat, um, which I thought was <laughs> really hilarious. Uh when I was home in Cheyenne for Christmas last year, um I was out with a couple of friends from high school and college and I told them what what he had done for my nephew Connor and, and people were like, Can I see it? Is it already wrapped? Like, do you have it with you? It's like, no, it's wrapped, it's under the tree. Like, no, you don't get to you don't get to see it. So um, he he has just brought such a wealth of excitement to fans in Wyoming who have now adopted the Bills as their new team. Uh, you know, Wyoming people are are largely Broncos fans. We've got some uh, Kansas City Chief fans, a, a random splattering of of Minnesota Viking fans and Dallas Cowboy fans, but by and large, uh, Wyoming football fans tend to, tend to root for the Cowboys for obvious reasons. Denver is only 90 minutes away from Cheyenne. Uh, but he, you know, Josh going to the bills and and just such the overlap of like the type of person who is a bills fan and the type of person who would be a Wyoming cowboy fan, that overlap is so great that so many of them have, have become Bill's fans and it's not uncommon when I post something on Sunday for John that a lot of the people liking my posts are Wyoming people and and people who now love John because of me but also because of Josh and and the connection that it brings so it's just been really exciting for Wyoming and it it's just such an exciting time in general in for Wyoming football it just continues to grow and get better, and the the recruiting is part of that. And Josh does a phenomenal job of giving back. You know, he engages whenever he possibly can, uh, which I know the the coaching staff and and everyone really is appreciative of of him giving so generously of his time. You know, obviously selfishly as an alum. I want to see Wyoming football grow as big as it possibly can. You know, it's it's a powerhouse to me in my heart. Um, we're not a power five school. We're not Clemson or Auburn or, or, or Miami, uh, but it's a powerhouse institution in my heart. And it's just been so great over the years when Josh was playing. And now as he's, you know, killing it in the NFL and what that's done for Wyoming, what that's done to our fan base, uh, you know, donations coming into the university, the recruit, the quality of recruits um, that maybe in the past would have passed on Wyoming um, and gone elsewhere. It's, it's just, you know, he alone has helped raise the tide in so many ways. And the guys who are now following behind him um, that are also playing in the pros, um, all of that raises the tide for, for the university. And it's just been such a magical thing to watch when he was a player and now how he's continuing to help and give back in the pros is just everyone is, is really enjoying the ride.
1: Yeah, I bet. I've heard nothing but really good things about Josh Allen off the field. And obviously, you know, I watch him play on the field. Here's the next thing since you're propping up your school your old alma mater a little bit give me a couple names of players that we should be keeping our eyes on
2: yeah and i will fully admit to the listeners out there that i had my opinions but i wanted to <laughs> i wanted to get backup opinion from from <laughs> the various beat writers um that cover wyoming football and so i reached out to a couple of my friends and content sources and a couple of the names that they threw out are also are names that, that I think we might be seeing on Sundays moving forward. I think Chad Muma is one of them. I think Eric Ibojay, I hope I'm, I, I, if he's listening, I hope I just didn't butcher your name. I feel like I probably did, you know, Keegan Sider, <laughs> Logan Harris, um, Revonte Holt. Uh, These are all guys currently playing at UW that I think have a legit shot of playing on Sundays. You know, they might go in as an undrafted free agent, which is not uncommon with with Wyoming players. But once we get our foot in the door, they they kill it. They do a great job. But that's the next uh, generation of uh, of up and coming talent at UW. And I think we're going to be hearing a few of those of those names on Sunday and if a few of those names could you know join the the Bills roster the the more the merrier i think it would be great if they did to add that wyoming power to the bills roster but wherever they land i think they're going to make, make a huge contribution but if listeners are not already following um, those young men on social media definitely give them a look because i i think we'll be seeing their their names and hearing their names on sunday
1: in the future well i think we'll definitely be keeping our eyes on those players from here on out so thanks for that and the last question i have for you francis is what are your thoughts on bill's mafia and bill's fans in general especially compared to other fan bases since you've worked with different players in different cities and states around the league yeah
2: I, i think as i've kind of alluded throughout my whole interview um I've definitely grown to have a love affair with Bill's Mafia, Um, the people, the environment has just been so welcoming, um, whether it's the front end office staff that I've engaged with since John has come on the team to the media environment. Um, I was telling you, you know, offline before we got started that, you know, Tim Graham had me on his podcast not too long ago, engaging with other uh, members of the media community there. Everyone has just been so open and welcome to story ideas, to anywhere that I can, you know, insert John into the conversation. And then the fans, the fans themselves, I work in other cities. I work with other players. I promise you, I don't have fans in other cities who follow me on Twitter and not just follow me, but actually speak to me, you know, in my feed, in my DMs. And um, it's been great. There's, you know, quite a few uh, female Bills Mafia members who engage with me on a regular basis. And that's fantastic. I, I love it. Normally, the publicist is is uh, never seen and only heard in certain circumstances. And, and so the fact that um, I've been given this platform amongst your community, I is, you know, I take that as a huge honor that your community would want to hear what, <laughs> what I have to say because um, I'm in the background. And so it's been just so welcoming from every possible angle. And last year for the very first time i had the opportunity to come to buffalo on a game day and a, a dear friend of mine who grew up in buffalo and and his family are rabid buffalo fans you know they invited me to their tailgate spot and i truly got the full bills mafia experience i got to tailgate then i went inside the stadium and and just got the whole 360 experience and you know every city thinks that their fans are are the best and they probably are but there is something very just so much fun um about bills mafia there's just generation after generation of just this deep passion and love for this team and you can see that you can absolutely see that i mean steelers fans are rabid broncos fans they are rabid but there is just this blue collar, family oriented, deep rooted love that is very obvious. And in addition to that, that just the environment is so welcoming, um, you know, at every facet that I've seen from the the Buffalo community, just so welcoming to me, so welcoming to John, his family it has just been great. Um, and it really, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of Buffalo people are like, yeah, of course we're great. Uh, but, but being someone who has seen other um, cities, other environments, just the communal feel of of how I've seen people in Buffalo, people in Buffalo truly will give you the shirt off their back if, you know, I do a lot of work with Adrian Waddell and his wife Shelby uh, for Waddles Warriors Foundation, and and they have, they're amazing. They people. they do. They have deep roots within the Buffalo community, and just the, you know, even though Adrian is no longer with the Bills, uh, the Bills community has stayed very faithful to their foundation. They they donate, they engage. Whenever Shelby or I post something through through the foundation, it receives so much engagement in buffalo and that just tells you what kind of people we're we're dealing with here in in buffalo like Adrian's no longer with the team Shelby doesn't even live there they live elsewhere but people have still stayed engaged and and how welcoming everybody was to John and his family when they moved to the area just it's it's really just so heartwarming and so Um, you guys really have something very special in Buffalo. And personally and professionally, um, I thank you because it really has been um, one of the most cherished experiences of my professional career, the way I've been embraced by the team and the community. I'm very grateful.
1: Well, we really appreciate the work that you do. And I really, really, truly want to Thank you for coming on our podcast, especially as our first guest. You're going to go down in history with the Mafia movement. I'm, I'm the first. <laughs> so I exciting. Can't it. We're so happy about that. And I know Robin can't wait to listen, especially. Is there anything that you want to add before we go?
2: If, if you're not following John, please make sure that you are on Instagram, on Twitter. We don't do Facebook, <laughs> but he's on Instagram and Twitter. Um, if you're interested in following me, uh, you can do so on Twitter at your Firestarter, on Instagram I'm at Firestarter CEO. You can find me on LinkedIn at Francis Rymers, and you can find me on Facebook at Firestarter Brand. Please don't hesitate to reach out if you have a question about your brand, whether you're an athlete or or not. On Tuesdays. I have Talk to Me Tuesdays where I leave my DMs open and really try to answer um, as many questions as as I can get to in the day while still doing my job, because I know people do have lots of questions about marketing, public relations, brand, all of those sorts of things. And and I really do try to serve um, as many people as I possibly can. Uh, But yeah, reach out. And I'm just, again, just thank you so much for having me on.
1: Thank you for coming. Before we go, I do want to let you know to head on over to buffalorumblings.com and give a listen to our mini podcasts. They are Believe, Blitzed Bills, Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, Code of Conduct with Jay Spence, The Bruce Exclusive, The Buff Hub, Jamie D and Big Newt, Circling the Wagons, And, of course, our very own Mafia Mavens podcast. As always, Bills fans, thanks for listening, and let's go Buffalo.